0: your first year will feel like two or three years because it's just so packed with different things that are happening and so many new impressions.
1: Welcome to the Planted Podcast. The mission of Planted is to share inspiring stories of founders and visionaries who are planted in completely new places with the renewed purpose of their lives. And I'm your host, Damon. And today we have Harvard Stearnan, a country manager for Benelux Nordics and ANZ market for wish.com. He's originally from Norway and I'm really happy to have you here, Harvard today. Welcome Harvard.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for uh, for having me.
1: Great. So, uh, we'll just jump right into the questions. Um, tell me a little bit about yourself.
0: Yeah, sure. So I, you, you, you touched on that. Let's say that the base already. I'm from Norway. Uh, but I haven't lived there for, for some time. I basically left when I was still a teenager to, uh, to study uh, here in the U.S. Uh, completed uh, my degree over here in my studies. Uh, I was working in, in Palo Alto uh, after I graduated and I was trying to stick around. Uh, There's a lot of interesting work opportunities in the, in the Bay Area, uh, but I was having visa challenges so i decided okay it's uh, it's it's time to leave try to find a uh, time to find a new uh, a new challenge so then i figured uh you know china would be super interesting to 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 try to take on so i moved there moved to a city called chongqing in you know, the sichuan basin it was the city that had the highest gdp growth uh in the world that year uh, you know that the crazy crazy growth you can only get in china and i wanted to experience that so I moved there to kind of be a part of that whole uh, puzzle. And I was there for about six months, moved to Beijing, lived there for two years. Uh, after Beijing, I moved to, to Germany lived there for a year and a half, then the Netherlands for a year and a half, and now I've been back in the, in the U.S. for, for uh, about a year and a half as well. So it's been around-the-globe journey.
1: That's very exciting. So you, you grew up in Norway and in the U.S. to China, uh, Chongqing, to be exact. Beijing, Germany, Netherlands, and then back to US. Right. Yep. So, so you you grew up majority of your uh, childhood and teenage years in Norway. Uh, what was your childhood dream, and what was it like growing up in Norway?
0: Uh, Norway is a great place to grow up. Um, I think in the in the future I'd well, you never know where life is gonna take you. But I think in the future, I, w- I would want to have my own kids grow up. I grew up there at least partially. It's a very it's a very safe place to grow up. Uh, you know, there's no, you know, kids are just out on the streets running around. There's no sense of danger uh, anywhere really. Uh, you're very close to nature. Uh, I would play around the forest quite a lot growing up, uh, go on hikes in the mountains, go hunting with my dad very sort of uh peaceful and and, and safe upbringing and that I think is can provide like a good uh good atmosphere for for kids in their formative years.
1: What was your dream growing up?
0: So I would never you know I think a lot of people say they've always had a very strong vision of of uh where they wanted to go even from an early age. Uh, I I've always had different ideas and and different areas I was interested in interested in pursuing, um, but I, I felt that I've been more of a person that has had a lot of interest and tried different things and kind of uh, iterated on the learnings and kind of found my path, path that way. Uh, but I was always very interested in, you know, the world and, and learning more about the world and, and different ways of life. And, and that's ultimately, this type of curiosity is ultimately what brought me to, to move out of Norway.
1: So once you identified that that location, then what happened? What, what are the steps that you took to get you to Chongqing from the U.S.?
0: So I was able to find a, a scholarship to study uh, in, at the university there, at the University of Chongqing. And I used that as a base to kind of just get, get by there. Uh, it's, uh, it doesn't really cost much to live there once you're there. I, uh, my cost of living were was very low, and I was studying uh, at the University there and so took some chinese classes and then I also found some other odd jobs you know, to take on for 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 money.
1: Did you have any fears going into China? I mean obviously, from uh, norway to u s uh, with that transition would have been you know, somewhat smooth, but from u s to China uh, as a non asian that's uh, their I mean, language and culture, like everything's so different. Did you have any fear yeah. going into China? It's not, it's not even a, I mean, it's a big city, but it's not like Shanghai yeah. or Beijing. So yeah. do you have any fears going into Chongqing at that point?
0: So I I was definitely, uh, I was definitely a bit naive uh, going to directly to uh, Chongqing. I, I was thinking about being, so so what I see often and I think this is a is a problem with with people when they move abroad is that they tend to just seek out their own people wherever they go. So, for example, when I uh, go, you know, if I move to a new country and I'll meet some Norwegian people, I find often at times that they hang out with, you know, they they flock or congregate together with other yeah. Norwegians, and that's kind mm-hmm. of sad because then you're missing out on on what the local culture has has to offer. And I figured if I went to Chongqing where there weren't as many foreigners, I'd have more of an authentic experience, oh. um, but it was definitely, you know, I, I think it, it was definitely challenging going there, uh, but uh, I was definitely, definitely also naive. I was not 100% aware of how challenging it was, it was going to be.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So you actually sought after that authenticity and going after that experience of surrounding yourself with completely Chinese people around yeah. you. Wow. That's, that's and, pretty impressive.
0: And I think you also, you know, we are, I think we live in a very fortunate time where travel is very easy, but the world isn't necessarily homogenous yet. So you can travel to really big, like like Chongqing is a huge city and it's still, you know, on a global scale, relatively isolated from non-Chinese culture. So mm-hmm. it's 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 a very cool to be able to experience something so authentic and, and so grand. Whereas I think in the future, you know, our, our kids and our grandkids, they won't, have that type of experience when they travel because everything will be more um more homogenous across the yeah. globe mm-hmm.
1: yeah from Chongqing like what brought you to Beijing?
0: So I found a graduate program that suited me quite well it was through a French uh, university uh, but they had a campus in Beijing so I was mm-hmm. able to stay in China longer uh, and still get my uh, degree from uh, from a a European institution and have all the classes be in English.
1: Oh, and that's a perfect match.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned,
1: yes, and you mentioned you started a company right after graduating from that institution. Tell us a little bit more about how you started and what was was your thought process uh, in making that decision?
0: Yeah, so I got a, a, a job at a private equity firm when I graduated uh, from, from graduate school. And the, the startup was, it was under the umbrella. It was started under that private equity firm, which is kind of weird, but it's also, you know, China where things are a little bit more fluid like that and based on uh, connections between various people, it just ended up being that way. Uh, from the investor standpoint and the, the original founder that was brought in uh, was actually fired after just a few weeks and then they had this they'd already signed on uh, contracts to to build this app and then myself and uh, an associate were basically just put into that company to try to make it work and to to launch the first uh, first um version of the app and the and the service so that's it's kind of a bit random how it started
1: who were your team members were they chinese were they european or like how, how how like describe the startup uh for us a little bit
0: yeah there's a mixture of of different people there's uh myself uh an american and the rest were, there were some other Europeans as well, but mostly you know, Chinese, like young uh, Chinese people that we hired from the, the Beijing universities. You know, there's so many extremely brilliant Chinese people uh, studying in, in Beijing at the universities there. So. Mm-hmm. And they were also super eager to, to work with us because it gave them uh, the experience of working in a more uh, international environment. Mm-hmm. So, so we're, we're actually able to get some, get some good talent.
1: Mm-hmm. What would you say to people who might be thinking about relocating let's say from Silicon Valley to somewhere in Beijing to work with talented people in I mean from Beijing University what would you recommend? Mm. I, I
0: would I would say if your purpose is to to get talent uh, to build something that you want to launch maybe outside of China then it can be a good idea. Uh, I would also, though, try to have a co-founder or, or someone else close by in, in the company that is uh, that is Chinese and, and and can help with the uh, so the cultural complexities and and the structural complexities of setting something setting something up in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think it's launching something in China for the Chinese market is really difficult when you're a foreigner because you're gonna there's so many uh, there's so many things you will, you will just not know because you are a foreigner and China is, is a very different market uh, from, from West. Like if you're an American, and you launch something in Europe, that's going to be way easier than, than launching it in, in China. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also the, the, the domestic market in China is, is difficult, to, difficult to break through the roof because the, the local players are so strong. Like Tencent and Alibaba, like it seems that most of the a lot of the really successful startups there are very closely connected to one of these companies from a very early stage mm. so but I think they're also I, I'm not up to date on on these things, but I remember when I was there, there were a lot of technology zones where if you set up an entity there, you could get uh, local government subsidies for mm for recruiting talent if you hired uh, local, local engineering talent, for example, there's a lot of subsidies there. So if you're, if you're ca- uh, strapped for cash, then that's also a good, that could also be a good way to get, uh, to get good talent.
1: Mm-hmm. So you, you create this company in Beijing and you had maybe one or two years uh, run in that company. Then you move back to Europe. Uh, how mm-hmm. did you decide what were the drivers for moving back to Europe and, and not anywhere else?
0: China is, is great. I, I really am very appreciative of my time there. I've also, it would also be nice to go back at some point. Uh, I think, but I think it's hard to settle down there and, and make a life for yourself as a Westerner for, for, for forever, because you will have some issues with your legal rights, you know, in terms of like, uh, getting a residency or being able to buy an apartment and and, and these things uh, you will it's 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 harder um, so going back to Europe where I am you know I'm uh, I have a passport from, from Norway which is not a part of the EU but it's part of Schengen so it's it's just safer to kind of invest my my future there where I know uh, I'll have a sort of more protections in that regard for my future. So mm-hmm. that was one of the reasons I wanted to go back to to Europe.
1: Mm-hmm. And you were part of uh, Rocket Internet, was it?
0: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the German German company there, and I was working with two of their two portfolio companies. They had one in Munich, and then the other one was in in Amsterdam. Mm-hmm. And and Germany itself, I mean, it's. It's very different depending on where in Germany you are. I think most of our startups are in and around Berlin. My experience was a little bit different because I was based in Munich in Bavaria uh, and there are some cool startups there and there's a lot of good engineering talent there you know, because it's so closely related to the auto industry, uh, but it's definitely a, a different culture than, than other parts of Germany.
1: Can you describe a little bit more about that experience? Because you grew up mostly in, in Norway And you spent some time in the U S and also in China. So although you're kind of going back to your roots, uh, to Europe, but Mm -hmm. you didn't have like adult, a professional experience working in Europe. So did you have like a reverse culture shock going back to Europe? Uh,
0: to some degree, uh, yes, there's always going to be a, you know, re-entry shock, let's say. Uh, but it 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 passes. But then again, there's also the culture shock of going to Germany because you know Nordic cultures are similar to German culture in, in many ways, but in other ways it's very different.
1: Mm. Like
0: German culture is a lot more hierarchical, whereas uh, whereas Nordic cultures are more more flat when it comes to like management structures. So so this top down approach that uh, that Germans seem to prefer was 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 different to 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 learn
1: and then and then lastly like w- what was your motivation or driver uh coming back to uh san francisco bay area uh, from uh, from germany
0: yeah so, so the, um, i was in the netherlands in between there but i i did, didn't really envision myself returning to the u.s uh but then i i I saw this job, um, so the so the startup I was working for in the Netherlands, they were building different affiliate marketing solutions uh, to basically help e commerce uh, succeed in in various European markets mm-hmm. and I was doing a lot of analysis on on different trends, Google trends and uh, also keyword trends to try to optimize uh, the SEO of, of a page and then I started looking at uh, wish and I started tracking like how they were just growing like crazy uh, mm. in terms of interest in Europe. Uh, and I downloaded that, played around with it and I figured it was pretty, pretty interesting. So I, I got in touch with, uh, with someone there and they happened to need someone to help out with, uh, with the Nordic markets. So I was flown over to San Francisco. Um, I was, in the city for like t- 12 hours, pretty much just running to the interview, going to the interview, flying back to Europe. And by the time I landed in Amsterdam, I got a call and I got offered a, a job and to, to relocate to, to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. So it was more for the, more for the job uh, than anything else. So what is your next dream? It's a good question. I am um, not sure. Yet, like there, there, are different things I keep evaluating. Uh, you know, career is, is one thing, but I'm also thinking long term, like where do, you know, having had this background now of moving around, uh, a lot, like where did I like living? Where where do I f- see as a, what's, what what do I see as a good long term catch? Um, so I think in the long run, I I definitely want to return to to Europe. Uh, I would uh, I'm thinking that I think Sweden could be interesting uh, it's very similar to Norway in many ways and also there are a lot of interesting cool jobs in Stockholm mm-hmm. uh, Amsterdam could also be interesting as well there's a lot of interesting cool jobs there too and the quality of life in the Netherlands is it's really really great I think as a foreigner the Netherlands is one of the countries that's maybe the easiest to settle down in as well uh, because everyone there speaks English and they're they're quite pragmatic and there are a lot of interesting companies where the daily work language is English so so that could be an option an option as well but I also wouldn't mind you know maybe if you if, if I out an expat contract to go back to China or mm-hmm. somewhere else that's also something that can be an opportunity mm-hmm.
1: that's that's awesome thank you so much for sharing your story Harvard uh, thank you so much for joining our podcast
0: Yeah, for sure. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me.